You want to procreate, have children, perhaps a combination of you and your betrothed, do what millions before you have done and will continue to do. It's nature. I mean, it's natural. But your body seems to be in disagreement, in direct conflict with your desire. What the fuckery is infertility? Well, we're about to find out. I'm Nadej August, your host. If this is your first time with us, welcome. And here's what you can expect. What the Fuckery is a podcast about the things we hear about but don't know enough about. A series of conversations dedicated to hearing firsthand from the very people whose lifestyle, truths, or concepts we struggle with understanding. The very things we should know about but are afraid to discuss. Our subjects and topics may or may not be mainstream, but our guests and sometimes experts are in it, living their truth, whether we accept them or not. And if, in that process, we manage to bring clarity to you, dear listener, then thank you for being curious, open, and willing. In that vein today, we welcome Tinley Harden back. She was our guest for the Life Coach Convo. Tenley is a dear, personal friend, and since I strive to be as honest as I could muster, I have to admit that the subject of infertility is uncomfortable for me. Uh, it's a fear that I have, and she's a friend whom I absolutely respect, love, and want to see the best for. Uh, and she's been struggling, struggling, happy marriage, great husband, had a beautiful wedding, not that <laughs> that matters. She was all set and it hasn't been as easy. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me and again. I appreciate it. Yay. Welcome back. So... One out of, what is it, statistically? One out of six couples will go through infertility. Yeah. Do we know, not necessarily what that, why that is. Is there a specific group that it affects more? How does it begin? When does one discover that they may not be able to have children as easily as they thought? If you're under the age of 35 and you aren't getting pregnant within six months, you're told to go to your doctor and get that figured out. If you are um, over the age of 35 and you're not getting pregnant within a year, then you need to go to your doctor and get that figured out. So that's typically what is a sign. And so when people, you know, they figure out after six months or a year that they either have um, diminished ovarian reserve, um, and that could be due to age or it could be due to your genetics, or they have endometriosis that they've had for years and didn't know about and it's hidden or um, they have what's called unexplained fertility, infertility, which sucks for a lot of people because there's no explanation. They might have male factor infertility, which means that there's low sperm count, poor morphology of the sperm. It could be a number of things going on. So, 
Are you willing to share with us what your specific case is? Yeah. So um, I have diminished ovarian reserve. And even at the age of 36, when I started trying, I met my now husband. But back then, we were just boyfriend, girlfriend. We knew immediately that we wanted to have kids. And so it was, you know, a no big deal sort of thing. Um, At 36, when I got tested, and you can get your your levels tested um, for women, it would be day two or three of your period, and you get your blood levels tested. You get your um, FSH tested, which is the follicle-stimulating hormone. You also get um, your progesterone tested and your estrogen test and all those things, but really it's the FSH level. Um, and my FSH was uh, 27, and anything over 10 would be um, considered diminished ovarian reserve or at least um, lead, you know going in that route. Now, FSH is a tricky thing because it changes from month to month. What does FSH stand for? Do we know? Follicle stimulating hormone. Okay. So it's the it's basically the alarm that goes off to your ovaries to start producing follicles at the beginning of your cycle. Now, if you don't have a lot of follicles at the beginning of your cycle, it will go berserk. The alarm will go like, like get going. So when it's high, it means it's producing a lot of hormones because your ovaries are not waking up. They are like asleep. There's not a lot of follicles there. And so that's why when a doctor evaluates a high FSH, they'll say, yeah, you probably have very few follicles from month to month. However, as I said, it's not the only indicator. What you also want to do, or what I did, is get what's called an AMH done, which is the it measures, and you can get this done at any point in your period or any point in your cycle. And this measures basically your reserve, your ovarian reserve. So how many eggs you probably have left um, forever. (laughs) Um, Because as we all know, we're born with millions and millions of eggs. And with each period, those diminish, you know. Um, And so you can get your AMH done as well. And mine was, let's see, my first reading at 36 was 0.7. By 38, it was 0.5. So anything lower than one shows that you have really low, low, low follicles count in general. And it also would indicate that you have not the best follicles. They're not ripe and beautiful and juicy and, you know, ready for fertility. Um, and then the other indicator is going in for a three day, uh, day three of your cycle ultrasound to see how many follicles are growing um, at the beginning of your cycle. So for me, I had probably like three on my right and four on my left ovary. So max of like seven or eight. Um, I think the most I ever had was 10 most women, my 36 years old, um, like really healthy ovary, ovarian women will have anywhere between 10 on the right and maybe 11 on the left, whatever. They'll have like 20 total. So so I was definitely beneath that for sure. So what are some steps that you've taken to for treatment, healing modalities? Did you just stay with the traditional Western medicine or just try anything and everything you heard about? Oh my gosh, we have been through the gamut. Um, <clears throat> so initially, we got those tests done, and when I got those tests done, you're, you're, I don't know, I was so, I had no idea what they were about. Like I had no clue. I mean, I remember our first reproductive endocrinologist. This was in, let's see, the fall of 2015, when she called me and said, "You have an FSH of 27, which is pretty much premenopausal." I was like, what? What are you talking about? I'm the healthiest woman I know. I still get a cycle. Yeah, I get a cycle. I'm like, 
I am healthy. Go to acupuncture. I've been drinking green juice since I was 16 years old, you know. Um, I didn't really know what any of it meant. So then I read a book called Inconceivable by Julia Indochiva. Really great book. I highly recommend it for women who have no idea what FSH is. It's a memoir about a woman whose FSH was, I think, 32, and she got pregnant um, naturally without medical intervention. So I read that book and I thought, oh, it changes. Oh, this doesn't this is not like a a, a sentence. death sentence? Yeah, like I'm not gonna just go into menopause in the next year at 36 years old. And actually, a month later, after that first FSH reading, I got pregnant. Um, and this was, um, so actually my dates, yeah. So January of 2016, I got pregnant. Unfortunately, miscarried that baby on my birthday, February 2016. Um, and uh, and it was devastating, but it, what it showed me was that my body can do this. I can do this. So months went by, months went by, still nothing. Um, into the summer of 2016, still nothing. So we saw our second reproductive endocrinologist here in Los Angeles, recommended by a friend, who um, told me the same thing. She ran my levels and she was like, you've got some low ovarian reserve, but we're going to try some, we're going to try, you know, to do some stimulation. So what that means is we stimulated with Clomid initially, which didn't work, which they always try first, which is a, um, it's a pill that you take from days three to seven. And it just gets your ovulation going, gets your follicles going. Um, I developed a couple cysts, so nothing really worked there. And then finally, we went into our first IVF cycle um, in the fall of 2016 with her, um, this doctor here in Los Angeles, and only retrieved four eggs, um, which is very low. Like you hear about women retrieving, you know, 20 to 30 eggs when they go in for an IVF cycle or retrieval. And so um, only one of those eggs fertilized. Um and made it to day five, which means as the embryo grows, day one, they fertilize, day two, you know, goes into four cells, eight cells, whatever, it multiplies. By day five, it's considered a blastocyst, um, which then would develop into a fetus. But on our day five, it just basically died on us. So we were left with nothing on our first IVF cycle. It was devastating. And that doctor told me... Um, I remember it so well because I was on the phone and she was at some convention and she was just so impersonal. And she, I said, well, do you have any other treatments available? Like something unique for a woman like me. I'm sure there are other women like me. And she said, no, I don't. I highly suggest donor eggs. And that was my first IVF cycle. And here I am 37. Like I'm not that, you know, I mean, yes, I'm advanced maternal age, as they say, but not that old, you know. So then I started looking for doctors who were very progressive and I found Dr. Lyndon Chang down in San Diego uh, at the Hanabusa IVF. And he works with women who have diminished ovarian reserve. And he does what's called mini IVF. So he does less stimulation because the statistics show that women who have diminished ovarian reserve, their eggs are very fragile. So you can't stimulate them with tons and tons and tons of medicine. And when I say medicine, I'm talking about injectable nice. shots into your stomach. Which you've done. Yes. You've had to. Uh, seven times now. Um, so our first cycle with Dr. Chang, um, we retrieved four eggs as we did in the past, but this time all four fertilized. And two of them made it to blastocyst day five. 
And then we decided to do what's called pre-genetic screening, which means that you test the embryo. They take a small uh, biopsy of the embryo. They send it to a lab and they check for abnormal um, chromosomes. So they want to check to see if you have all 46 chromosomes in that embryo. Because the, if you have low ovarian reserve or if you struggle with infertility, you will likely have chromosomal abnormalities. So you can test those ahead of time. Um, so that cycle with him came back, both embryos came back abnormal. Um, I think, you know, one of them had trisomy 17 and another one had... Which means what? It means that there's an extra chromosome, um, which means that it would probably have resulted in a miscarriage if it had, if we had, uh, transferred it. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just, you know, or a heart defect or a lung defect of some sort. Um, so then... And the other... The other embryo, I can't remember what the trisomy was or if it was a monosomy, which means it has one missing. Um, But then we were were devastated, but we felt hopeful Hopeful. because we found this doctor was like, listen, you did. Yeah, we did. You guys did 10 times better with me than you did with this woman. He was right. So then we embarked on our second IVF cycle with him, mini IVF, in March of 2017. Um, And that was our first normal pgs normal embryo we actually retrieved three eggs that time um two fertilized and one made it to day five blastocyst and it came back normal pgs normal um it wasn't a very high quality embryo they grade them like when you look at the embryo under a microscope microscope and you look at the cells and if they're fragmented or if they're compact my embryos are kind of fragmented a little bit so then we did another retrieval in April of 2017 and retrieved five embryos, I think, four or five embryos or uh, eggs, I mean, and once again had two that went to day five and one came back normal. So now we had two normals. We were like, woohoo, like we've got, we're getting closer. Yeah, we're getting closer. We took a break. um, And then in the summer of 2017, Came back at it. I was like, all right, we want a, what we call bank embryos. Because if we want one more, more than one child, we have to, you know, get as many embryos as we possibly can before I reach a certain age, knowing that my ovarian reserve would go down. So, um, and in the meantime, you asked about other therapies I was doing. So I'm doing acupuncture. I'm, um, I'm a, a life coach, as you guys <clears throat> may have listened to. I was working with fertility coaches. I was working with... Um, you know, therapists who specialize in fertility. I was working with energy healers. I was um, changing my diet. I was drinking raw milk every day. Okay, for a little <laughs> levity here, because this is serious. Yeah. There is a fertility coach. Mm-hmm. Is this about sexual positions? <laughs> like, what the hell? What the fuck does a fertility coach do is it come to the room and you're and johnny and you're like okay now you're gonna have to prop your legs that way at this angle i know right gosh i wish it were that fun and simple (laughs) no because at that point you're not i mean you're not having sex because you there's a less than two percent chance you can get pregnant just you know at least for us Mm -hmm. so no her advisement was like you know what are you eating what are you thinking about on a daily basis what are you know what um what is your doctor prescribing so your thoughts were responsible Mm -hmm. probably yeah okay yeah like what are you doing for your body what do you um as i said i was on like a raw milk you know like because raw milk the studies have shown that it's really really great for fertility um because it has like the real calcium in it and all the nutrients you need um i mean i was eating 
some of the most fertility friendly foods possible, you know, an avocado a day. Um, and it was like a big deal to, to invest in, in these foods so that I could become like a little bit heavier or like get, gain some weight, you know, or whatever it was just to support these eggs and growing these eggs. So I was doing a lot of treatments, a lot of therapies. Um, but anyway, so the summer of 2017, it was our, at this point we had embarked on, this was our fourth IVF egg retrieval. And that was in June of 2017. Um, we got no normal embryos from that one. And then we went August, 2017 no normal embryos from that one. And then we went October, 2017. It was our last IVF egg retrieval. We didn't even get to day five blastocysts. My body was just like, enough, I'm done. And so October, 2017, I had to put down my IVF needles and just say goodbye because I was getting married in April, 2018. And I wanted to focus on my marriage or, you know, my planning my wedding so I had to grieve 14 months of my life of just nonstop treatments. I mean, it, it, I was either in in a treatment of some sort or um, about to get ready for a treatment, you know, putting my body through, even if it's mini IVF, I was still injecting folistim, which stimulates the hormones to grow follicles pretty much every month for 14 months. That emotional journey I'd like us to discuss it a little bit, if mm -hmm. you don't mind. Yeah. I'd like to hear, I know your perspective, our listeners do not, but what's it like for the man? Mm. How's Johnny doing? Um, so <clears throat> he was, he's always so positive. Um, he was always like, I mean, for me, it was like, I can't believe we're throwing more money at this. You know, I mean, even if it's mini IVF, which costs less, um, cause regular IVF costs $20,000 a cycle and mini, mini IVF calls costs $8,000 a cycle around there about. Um, and we were traveling, mind you, remember we were traveling down to San Diego for our egg retrievals. Mm -hmm. So we were doing outside cycling at a clinic here in Los Angeles where I would get ultrasounds done. But then when we would do retrievals, we would go down to San Diego. So we'd spend money doing that too. It was just a lot. It was a part-time job. It was like managing all of these things. For me, I it's different for the woman because you're scheduling things and you're putting things in your body and you're like talking to fertility coaches and you're doing all these things. And the man just sits by and watches and has to support in the best way he can. So, and I say the word just because it's got to be a lot to just to sit back and observe. And your, men, your, and I know Johnny, they're mm -hmm. alphas in a yeah. way. They want to fix things. That's and all it's got to be frustrating mm -hmm. to just watch like, well, what can I do? Yeah. 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 And so he thought, well, let's just keep doing it. Let's just keep going. Let's try another time and another time and another time. Well, let's just do another time. And I was like, I, I, I can't. Okay, but I get it. You're really determined and you are, he's one of the most ambitious people I've ever met in my life, which I love, but for fuck's sake, like I have to just give my body a break and I have to give my life a break and I have to stop thinking about fertility just for like one month or six months before my wedding. I just wanted to live my life. Um, so to answer your question, like I think for him, it was, it was like, he just wanted to get to the mountaintop, you know? And he didn't care how he's going to get there, mm -hmm. but it's different for women when you are actually going through it and you're on 
group chats and you're on Instagram with women and you're, you know, you're watching other women go through it and you're just trying to get, you know, past it. And even after our wedding, when we decided to do the transfer of our first PGS normal embryo, we did that this past October and it failed. And that that's when I hit rock bottom. Like that was 100% rock bottom for me. Um, and I remember being like, I don't want to live like this anymore. I just cannot live like this anymore. Um, uh, and I, I watched him also shift too, in a way. So there's been a huge transformation from both shift of us. as in accepting or <clears throat> yeah, backing like, up just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he, exactly. Like, I think he started to come to a realization that we might have to move to donor eggs, you know, eventually, um, that there are other options out there. You know, that that we need to open up our perspective a little bit. I've yeah. got to ask, why do you want children? So I didn't really want children before I met my husband. Um, I love children. I love my nieces. I love my nephew. They're like the world to me. You're really good with them. I've yeah, seen I love action. them. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, and I work with children. But for me, it was never like a big priority in my life. Um never saw myself, you know, cradling a baby or like, you know, like a lot of women do. I always knew I wanted to get married. That was the number one thing. And I was like, I'm going to get married. I want a relationship. I want somebody to walk down that road with. Um, But when I met Johnny, something changed. I don't know what it was. I have no clue. I don't, something from the universe. (laughs) It was like, immediately I saw myself having a family with him. Um, and so I guess, you know, when people say like, you know, when you meet him, it's, that's what happened for me. Really? You had an image pop up of you and your children surrounded by them and the dogs. (laughs) Did you have the dogs? Did you include the dogs? Well, the dogs are like inherent. I mean, they will, they like literally will, they'll, they'll never leave my side. So, but yeah, I had just this feeling like a gut feeling. Like I have to have kids with this person. Um, that's going to be our life story. Um, I can't explain it any other way. I mean, it's sort of what always drew me back to him in general. Like I, he's not my type. He's gorgeous. I think he's gorgeous, but he's definitely was not my type. And I was always drawn back to him. They always say the one is never really your type, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess not. Yeah. Yeah. So where are you today? Today we're just, um, you're sitting here with us. I know. But with yep. this whole fertility <laughs> Looking thing. at my beautiful friend, the dash. Um, today, okay, so October was rock bottom. Um, the worst I've ever felt in my life. Um, didn't know if, to be honest, thought at some point in those five days following the failed transfer that I was either going to end it all or, you know, live my life joy- joyfully. Those were my choices. I just couldn't live in the middle. I'm not a middle person in general. Um, You know, as a life coach, as I've talked about before, stagnancy is just not my thing. Um, And I remember saying to Johnny, if you weren't here, I probably would have gone, you know, because it really had gotten to the point where I was like, I don't know how much more I can fail. Were you taking it as a personal failing? Yeah. 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 You feel as a woman, there's something... I don't know. Gabrielle Union just, you know, came out regarding her surrogacy and her struggles with IVF and and fertility. She said it really well. It's like there's this inherent 
part of you, like your ancestors, I don't know what it's from that is you're so ashamed if you can't procreate as a woman. Even even if you didn't even want kids, like there's something, right. you know. Yeah, there is something. I've noticed I don't know that. What it is. And, and even I sometimes I have to check myself, especially as I'm, I'm getting older. I realize, wait a minute, when I meet older women who don't have children, mm-hmm. I mean, the question is, he goes, "Oh, do you have children?" Yeah. It's as if, well, that's part of what you do. Completely. You've got boobs. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Like that's the go-to. We yeah. just assume, right? We should all have them. Yeah, And there's something wrong with you if you don't. Exactly, exactly. And you feel that. You carry the weight of that socially, emotionally, physically, everything. And I felt like a complete failure. Um, I also felt like it wasn't just a failure anymore. It was like the universe. And I'm a big, you know, a big proponent of, you know, letting the universe uh, guide you and, you know, have your back sort of like, you know, um, so many life coaches talk about, but I felt like the universe could give two fucks about me. It was like, I don't care about you. Mm. And that felt like nothingness to me. Like, I don't care about your well being. And then I woke up like five days afterwards, something in me was like, <sighs> life coach in me, I guess was like, girl, get your ass off this couch, put your running shoes on and shut the fuck up. Go for a run and figure this out like you normally do. You're either gonna live with joy or not at all, but I want you to shut up. And I did. And I got my running shoes on and I ran. Like, I felt like it was Forrest Gump. Like, every day I would go like <laughs> five miles, 10 miles. Like, and I would put on like Pink and Sia and like every, you know, hero song I could possibly put on. And I would just like punch the air. I felt like rocky. I would, I cried, like just let it out. Mm -hmm. And initially I would see women actually, pregnant women or women with babies. And I would be like, so glad I dodged that bullet. Like it was interesting because I was like protecting myself. Right. And, uh, and then in time, I just kept choosing joy. So I just kept choosing joy one after the other, day after day. I'm like, I'm just going to keep choosing joy. And uh, because I just, the alternative of suffering was had already been too much. So that's where we are now is just living You're in a giving state. giving your body a break. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know, we haven't really decided yet what we're going to do next. Um, we are trying, you know, we've We've tried Au Naturel, and we are just living in sort of the present moment and trying to live in a state of, like, happiness and And having sex because it's fun. Yeah. Not for a purpose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What are some of the pet peeves you have? Because I'm sure you've gotten advice unsolicited Mm -hmm. from people who just go, well, you're married now. What's happening? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they mean baby, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What oh my are gosh. Some gems you've heard. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. You have no idea how many pet peeves I have um, or used to have. I've gotten, you know, again, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, it's okay, you know, but okay. So the first one was the what everybody hears, which is, oh my God, if you just relax and you just chill out or you go on a vacation, I swear it'll happen. That's what happened to me. That's the one I hate the most. I bet. I'm like, so relaxing gets you pregnant? <gasps> oh. Okay. I'll go for a massage. Didn't know that. See what happens. Had no clue. It's how I felt when I was single, when then people would be like, have you tried online dating? 
no, I sit at home all fucking day doing nothing. Like, not <laughs> dating. Like, yeah, I'm, I don't, what's online dating? I have no idea what that is. You know? Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Um, so that one drove me nuts when people would be like, if you just relax. The second one that drives me nuts is when people say, oh, my gosh, have you tried this doctor? You should try this doctor. You should try this chiropractor. Oh, my gosh. My friend who was like, she was infertile for eight years. She went to this chiropractor and suddenly she got pregnant. And I'm like, I'm glad the anecdote worked for her. To say that to me makes me feel like I'm not doing enough. Especially after you've spent all of that money and all that you've gone through, the injections, the traveling. Yeah. Yeah. It's anything that starts with, have you tried to a woman who's going through infertility? Don't say it. Don't say, have you tried at all? Because what it then insinuates to her is that she hasn't done enough. And she's not enough. She already feels like she's not enough. So have you tried just means that she hasn't done something. And she already feels that way. Moral um, of the story, let the person ask, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Let the woman say, any ideas, any yeah. suggestions? Yeah. 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 I mean, people have asked me before, what do I say to somebody who's going through infertility? How do I approach that? I'm like, you could just listen, you know, like, or you could be curious. I think one of the things that was hard for me was that, you know, when people didn't ask questions, I felt like they didn't want to know or didn't want to pry. But at the same time, it, I felt like they weren't interested or cared. Um, and then at other times when people would give me advice, it felt like they just wanted to fix me as opposed to listen to me. Um, so those those are my two biggest pet peeves. Um, obviously, you've already mentioned one, which is like you see random people and they're like, oh, you just got married? When are you going to have kids? You know? that or I'll be at a playground with my nephew and I'll, I'll hear the nannies be like, do you have kids? And I'll say no. And they'll say, oh, it'll happen for you. And I was like, I, I, I'm honest now. I'll say, no, it's been four and a half years of nonstop IVF treatments. So we'll see if it happens. And they look at me like, what? Or the, or the <laughs> other part, which is, what if I happen to be one of these people who do not want yeah, a child? Yeah. Like my nephew is enough. Right. Yeah, right. I can borrow a child, return it. <laughs> right. It's true. You can always give them back. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of women out there who don't don't want children. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. Totally too. fine. Perfectly absolutely. legitimate. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I understand it changes your life. It does change your life. And, you know, I've met so many women along this path who have so many different reasons as to why they're struggling with infertility, whether it is fibroids or endometriosis, or diminished ovarian reserve, or male factor, unexplained infertility, or even pituitary gland issues, or I have a thyroid issue as well. So there's so many complexities, and to diminish it by saying, have you tried? You know, like, no offense to my sister-in-law, but she would say things to me like, if you just gained some weight, you'd probably get pregnant. And I'm like, yeah, it's that simple. It's really that simple. It's not the complexities of science that have anything to do with it. <laughs> like, I'll just eat a hot dog and, and suddenly I'll get pregnant. Hashtag you know? genius. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I love her, but yeah. Um, People say things that are insensitive. And, yeah. and, I, and I listen, I think they mean well. Yeah. They mean well. Right. But unsolicited advice is super... Um, for health. Yeah, yeah. For health especially. It's tough. Yeah. It's really, really tough. Moral of the story, before you give unsolicited advice, 
disclaim it by saying unsolicited advice. Right. Here it is. Right. I think I'm going to do that consciously because I tend to want to give advice. Yeah. Though I wouldn't go near the whole baby thing because. Well, I mean, you have experience in health, though, and your your own health issues that you've gone through, and I think like we can all share our stories, you know. Um, but it's it's definitely a sensitive subject for women who are going through infertility and. Um, and listen, I've been at it four and a half years. Some women are at it eight years, 10 years. Um, and there are so many different ways to have children now. Um, oh, another one that really is hurtful is um, why don't you just adopt? Mm, it's that simple. I know. Like going down to Petco and just adopting a dog is like adopting a kid, you know? Um, first of all, adoption is really expensive in this country, especially in California. It's very complicated. If you ask um, a lot of gay couples um, uh, who are adopting, or even straight couples, but particularly gay couples, they will. I've talked to several of them. It's not so easy to adopt at all. Um, and they've been, they've gone through adoption, and then the woman has decided to keep the baby, and it's it's very difficult. So international adoption is even more complicated. So the just adopt question can be very hurtful. Plus, it takes a long time to get to the place where you're ready for adoption. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a conversation that you have after you've exhausted all your resources, you know, for a lot of people. So like Johnny and I are not even at that conversation yet. We're not at the adoption conversation. We're like just at the maybe donor eggs conversation, right. you know, um, because we have one more embryo um, that is normal um, that eventually we might transfer. But for now, we don't know. So, yeah. And it's okay to be in the unknown. Yes. And to, again, um, remember that you know, this is a, uh, I, hate this, I hate this cliche. It is a journey. It's there to, to transform you. And it has transformed us for better or for worse. Um, I would say the biggest thing for most women who are going through this, my best piece of advice is that there is no silver bullet. There's no silver bullet. There's no food. There's no therapist. There's nothing that is going to solve it right away. But I will say, when you decide to choose joy over the suffering of infertility despite everything you're going through again it goes back to that resonance you can get through it a lot better it feels a lot better so i think that's the perfect note to end on yeah solicited advice (laughs) exactly there's my advice but it's solicited and comes from a good place a good place yeah it does Mm -hmm. and who better to share this with us than someone who is actually going through it We'd like to have you back Yay. as things develop. Yeah. If you've got great news to share. Yeah. 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 You never okay. know. Well, we're putting it out there. Maybe That's right. unknown, bring the magic That's right. spring dusties That's right. and all the goodies. Yep. Well, this has been our show for today. Thank you, to, thank you Tenley, for coming. You. Sarah, for being an awesome producer. And we'll see you next time.